Welcome to the Daily Drive with Josh Downs, Christmas edition, where each weekday during the month of December, I'll be sharing thoughts, principles, insights, and activities to help you better connect more with family and friends, to better find the true meaning of Christmas, and to help you get more out of Christmas by focusing more on Christ. Good morning once again, everyone. You're listening to The Daily Drive with Josh Downs, Christmas edition, or More Christ edition, where each weekday I'll share a brief thought, principle, and story about Christ and Christmas in hopes to help you get more out of your Christmas by focusing more on Christ. Today's Christmas episode is episode 232, Home Alone. (laughs) In some ways referencing the popular Christmas movie, but also with uh, another meaning as well. As I mentioned in an earlier episode, though, we love watching Home Alone during Christmas. However, although the movie makes it look kind of fun, the truth is, as Kevin comes to learn as well by the end of the movie, it's not so great to be home alone for Christmas. And it's not so great to just be alone, period, for Christmas. Well, I recently came across the touching story about a college student who found her home away from home for Christmas by realizing that she wasn't as alone as what she thought. According to CBS News, while all of her classmates were eagerly making plans with family and friends for their trips back home for the holidays, Jackie Turner, a junior at William Jessup University near Sacramento, was worried that she would be the only student left on campus for Christmas. This time of year is hard, Jackie said. Everyone is talking about their cousins, their families, all the things that make up Christmas. But Jackie says that she doesn't have any of that and never did. She told CBS News that her childhood was just kind of the opposite of what you would hope for. It was abusive and that she never really shared in any of the experiences that she often heard her classmates talk about. But instead of feeling sorry for herself, the straight-A student posted an ad on Craigslist offering $8 an hour to rent parents for the holidays. (laughs) Maybe for like a couple of hours, she said is all. Just be like the light of their life for that moment. Such a cute ad to run. And as you can imagine, she got dozens of responses. About half from parents who wanted to help, for free of course, and about half from other young people who felt the same way that she did. So she held a meet-up Christmas potluck dinner. People are hurting and broken, and we need each other, she said. We need to be loving people. And I think that's what tonight is all about. And the truth is, that's really what Christmas is all about, isn't it? Jackie not only found a mentor for herself that holiday season, but matched the needy with the needy. Since then, she continues to host yearly meetups with a potluck Christmas dinner because no one should ever feel alone on Christmas. I just loved that story when I read it and and loved what she was able to do in spite of her pain. And the truth is that there will always be pain that's a part of life and even a part of Christmas. For many, it simply won't be the most wonderful time of the year. But it doesn't mean that it can't become that. In a popular Christmas movie on Netflix titled Klaus, in fact, one that I think I referenced in an earlier episode, we're introduced to an old woodsman whose name is Klaus, who at one point in his life was a skilled toy maker who now had shelves of unused toys. Through the help of a postman and a friend, they start giving these toys to children who send letters requesting them. Well, through the course of the story, Klaus reveals a very painful part of his past. And that is that after being married and waiting to have kids, he started making toys in the anticipation of their arrival. 
He was so excited for this family that he had hoped to have that he even had made a little wood carving of a house with a a place for figures of him and his wife and then empty spots for all of the kids that they were planning on having. However, as he tells the story, they waited and waited, but the kids never came. Then unexpectedly, his wife got sick and even passed away. And afterwards, he told his friend, I guess I got a little lost in my pain and never really thought that I could feel that joy again. But then you came along, and through giving these toys to children in need, he said that he had begun to feel it once more. And then one day the postman surprised him by filling all the empty spaces in the wood carving that Klaus had made for the family that he never had with little wooden figures of him and all the people that Klaus had befriended and made a difference in their lives. It was an interesting take on how Santa came to be that Klaus, or Claus as we know him, would go on to love and bless the lives of countless numbers of children, largely due to him not being able to have any of his own children. And it's a principle that I've seen played out a hundred times, that when a person goes through something painful, with a little inspiration and Christmas spirit, that pain can be turned to good and go on to be a blessing to so many others. The young college girl, for example, that I referenced earlier, could have sat around just feeling sorry for herself, allowing her pain to act upon her, or she could choose to use the pain as a motivation to ease the pain in others, and ironically in so doing, ease her own pain. And that's a pretty deep principle to understand, but one that we see at Christmas time, I think, more than any other time of the year. President Thomas S. Monson, the leader of my faith, conveyed how the spirit of Christmas can help healing to take place during this time of the year by sharing a story about travelers that were stranded at a tiny gate in an Atlanta airport. It was December in 1970, and an ice storm had delayed travel for people trying to get home for Christmas. The frustration and anxiety of travelers grew as midnight arrived and the situation had not improved. A conversation between a young soldier and a desk agent intensified as the soldier expressed his desire to get home and to see his family since his unit was being deployed to Vietnam immediately after the holiday. If he did not make it home for Christmas, the young man did not know when he would see his family again. The agent told him that he would not be able to go anywhere for the next 24 hours. As the flight boarded, a man who had been sitting nearby during the conversation stood up and said, I have a confirmed ticket, and I'd like to give my seat to this young man. The soldier began to cry as he shook the man's hand. The man responded by simply saying, Good luck. Have a fine Christmas. Good luck. No more than a few among the thousands stranded there at the Atlanta airport witnessed the drama at Gate 67, President Monson said. But for those who did, the sullenness, the frustration, the hostility all dissolved in a glow. That act of love and kindness between strangers had brought the spirit of Christmas into their hearts. And this is one of the things that I love most about Christmas and more Christ at Christmas time. Christ's power to heal us as we realize that we're not alone. So much of our pain is felt because we feel alone in it. When the truth is that there is pain in everyone. But there's also Christ given power to heal in everyone. It is just up to us which one we decide to tap into. And Christmas time, more than any other time, helps us to remember and to decide that we have the power in us to heal our pain by helping to heal others' pain, and that no matter our situation, we never really are home alone. As the Savior promises, Ask, and ye shall receive. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Draw near to me, and I will draw near unto you. 
As Jesus began to teach his followers about the necessity of his leaving them for a time, their discomfort increased. And upon sensing this, he made specific promises to them that he would eventually return and also that he would provide them with a comforter in his absence. He promised them, I will not leave you comfortless or I will not leave you alone. I will come to you, he said. The Savior more than anyone knows what it means to be alone. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland, a leader of my faith, in a video message recently referenced the many times when the Savior felt that he was utterly abandoned or isolated, even in his suffering. While Christ took upon himself the sins of the world in Gethsemane, his disciples, even at his request, could not stay awake one hour with him. Christ also suffered on the cross, calling out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Elder Holland makes the point that Christ felt completely alone, but he also assures us that God was never closer to the Savior than in that moment. And one of the primary purposes behind the Savior's suffering and feelings of such intense loneliness is so that we can know that we're not alone in our mortal journeys. The Savior had to feel alone, as Elder Holland said, because the whole nature of the atonement is that he had to carry the sins and sorrows and the sufferings and the sicknesses of all mankind on that little set of shoulders. That he had to feel that he was alone because he needs to know how you feel and I feel when we feel alone. And just like with Christ, albeit in a much smaller way, sometimes it's our pain that helps put us in a position to help others as well. So if you've been experiencing any pain surrounding Christmas, please know that you're not alone. You never have been and you never will be. There are people all around us experiencing similar things. And there are also people all around us that stand willing, ready, and able to help. And sometimes we just have to let others know how we're feeling and what we're experiencing and maybe even ask for help. And if at all possible, to try to bring healing to our own pains and feelings of loneliness by helping others to heal from their feelings of pain and loneliness. So my invitation for you today is to remember that pain is a part of life, and yes, even at times, a part of Christmas, but that we're never alone and that there is always so much that we can do to ease one another's pains and to make the journey, especially during Christmas, a little easier. And so my activity for you this Christmas that I'd like to suggest is to make a few Christmas cards with a note of love in them and anything else that you want to put with them, maybe a five or $10 gift card to a restaurant or a $20 bill or something and keep it with you as you go about your day and your week. See, the problem with helping people to heal is that we first need to be able to see their pain. Apparently, like the story of the Good Samaritan, it can be very easy, even for those that claim to worship God the most, to walk right on by someone in need, passing on helping them because they're too busy, in too much of a hurry, or simply just distracted and miss seeing what's right in front of them. Well, having these cards always on hand during Christmas will serve as a reminder to look for those that are hurting. Because I promise as much as we try to, you just can't hide pain very well. And for those that are looking for it, I promise that you'll see it. You'll see it in a person's eyes and on their face. You'll hear it in the tone of their voice. You'll read it in their body language. And if nothing else, you'll hear Christ whisper to you, that person right there, they need some help. They need some encouragement. They need to feel a little love. They need to be reminded that they're not alone. And one of the best parts is that when you act on that and do those things for them, you'll also find that you've also done it for you. 
Well, thanks for listening today, everyone. What a great way to remember Christ during such a busy time and especially a busy week this last week of Christmas. I would challenge you to take five Christmas cards around with you, maybe one for each day of the week, and be watching for someone that you can give it to. I promise that you'll find them. As we develop the eyes to see the needs of others, what we are really developing are the eyes of Christ. Because the more we come to see others as He sees them, the more we will see Him in us. Until next time, I'm Josh Downs, and you're listening to the Christmas edition of The Daily Drive.